Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Danny and Dusty. Merangatang is going to be a thing. You're not coining anything new. With Danny Meringue and Dusty, the Fan Man Hera. All throws and monkey sounds in there and call it good. The old like, Danny Meringue pie. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. The Fan. Good afternoon. Happy Tuesday, everybody. <laughs> that sounds like a tired monkey noise, it, Danny Meringue. It's, a, it is, it's, it's not, a, not, a, not a not tired monkey. You did... Uh, it's not a not-tired monkey. Mm-hmm. All right. You did the drive up and down to Seattle uh, yesterday. Yes. What time I, did you get back in? I got home at 3 this morning. I was going to stay at, my, at the homie's house, and uh, I got done with the game, and I looked at him like, dog, I am, I am wired. I am not going to fall asleep, and this is going to be problematic. Ooh. So uh, Preseason back- basketball gets you that wired. You were hyped. I was amped, man. I was amped. I've told you before like, when we did Outsiders. Yeah. Uh, after games, I couldn't go to sleep for like four hours. Like I'd, I'd had, it, it always had to wind down. Really? Yeah. So like from the time the the horn ended till like I was able to go to sleep, I didn't get to sleep most nights until like two thirty, three o'clock. Okay. That's kind of how it goes. I I get amped, man. Which is honestly, I gotta say it's kind of cool because I've been doing this for ten years. Yeah. And I still get amped by it. And you just like drove a hundred miles an hour down I, I, all the way home, listening to metal. Uh, yeah, I, that's exactly. Oh, no, that's not entirely. I. I wonder why you're so amped. I, <laughs> I, I went through like three podcasts, <laughs> and then uh, the final stretch, I just popped the metal in. I had a couple podcasts I needed to finish up. Um, you ever heard uh, Two Bears One Cave? I have. Yeah. Bert Kreischer and, and Tom Segura. Yeah, I those had, guys are great. Oh, those guys are awesome. Uh, that's that's one of my that's one of my drive. Plays. Okay. Like anytime there's a like well, long I, long drives. I, I shouldn't say like like it's something I don't no- normally do because it's an hour plus drive for me into work every day. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it was I, I was I, I was probably more amped last night than I am for most regular season games. But that's because the atmosphere in that building was absolutely electric. The crack house. It was nuts. And I did get you pictures of Bowie and Chuck the Condor on the floor. I saw actually I saw your tweets last night for you. Chuck the Condor terrifying is looking more and more like Steve Ballmer with every passing day. Yes, it gets bolder and like, yeah, like a little bit more chubby in the face. It looks like bird bird Ballmer. Yeah, it's bird Ballmer right, right there, which 
We will have Birdmer. Balmer audio. Yeah, he was nuts. It In the seems, best possible way. It's, it, he, he, when he grabs a microphone, boy, that's a loose cannon. And that goes back to his Microsoft days. Which is kind of nuts because he's, like, he's a CEO type. Like Most of those guys are not. He is not a CEO type. He is a CEO that is a raving lunatic yes. when he is in front of other people. It's, it, usually those people are not that kind of personality. Like you put a mic no, in their hand. No, you no, put no. A he's, mic. Not, he's not the type to be a CEO yeah, ex- for sure. Exactly. And like, <laughs> when he grabbed the mic, I, I, was, I was like, okay, this should be entertaining. And then he just went to 11. Yep. If you uh, don't know the audio that we speak of, we will have that on today's show. We will also uh, get your thoughts on what got you so amped uh, being at the crack house last night. Um, in, in Bowie, it is a weird look. Bowie is a weird look. The Kraken, the Kraken mascot. It, it does. Just be as big as squid. Yeah. Why can't give you, us a, yeah. the, the stuffy squid? I, be I, okay with that. Yeah, I don't know why they went with like some Disney Pixar troll thing. That's right. We will have, uh, okay. So we're going to get your thoughts on the crack house. We're going to get, uh, Kevin Pelton. Got, got, got KP at one. NBA writer, ESPN. He was in the building last night. Yeah, we'll a, talk to him. He's a Seattle local, so he'll have uh, all kinds of uh, thoughts and processes of, hey, of how that whole event went. Before we get into that, uh, let's. I want to get the. Well, why didn't we get any NBA coming back to Seattle last night? Uh, apparently, that. there was some grifting in the rumor mill. Apparently, but it does sound like it's going to happen here, probably within the next year or so. so. In the next year or so, we're going to have NBA back to Seattle and Las Vegas too. Yeah, it, it sounds like. From what I was able to gather, it sounds like 2026 okay. is when it would probably start up. And we can trade the Memphis Grizzlies to the Eastern Conference. One of those teams goes over. Sure. And it'll be fine. Yeah. Or New Orleans. I'd rather be New Orleans. I like Memphis. All right. Yeah, I don't care which yeah. one it is. Just send one of their send – them, send one of them. Get them out of here. Yeah. Get them out of here. When we have 32 teams, we'll have 16 apiece. There we go. Memphis is a more fun stop for me. Do you go often go to Memphis? I'm just saying in general, if I, if I, if I justify it. I, more fun than New Orleans? I don't like New Orleans. Hot take. Not my, not, my, not my cup of tea. What do you like about Memphis that you don't like about New Orleans? Uh, the food's better. The people are more fun. What? Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Cajun food guy. I'm a Cajun <sighs> food guy. Come on. But hold on. You are a spicy food guy. Yeah, but their kind of spice is, is a different kind of spice. I don't know. Uh, it's I'm, also, I'm also not a huge seafood guy. Okay, that's acceptable. That, that's allowed. Like, I'm I, not a huge seafood guy either, but you give me... You give you give me like some gumbo or I'm, some jambalaya. Listen, I'm, down yes. with, I'm down with some gumbo. I will eat down, the s out of that shrimp. Yeah, I, I'm down with some some alligator. Like that, that's that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of seafood and stuff like that. Not my. The vibes in New Orleans are just weird, man. All right, and they're not in Portland. Like I mean, you literally are, live in a city called Keep Portland Weird. Well, this is why the motto live, is Keep It Weird. This is why I live 45 minutes away. <laughs> There's a reason for this. But uh, Memphis, no, I spent a bunch of time in Memphis at a, at a previous career. God, 15 years ago, I used to have mm. to go down there all the time. Did so. you work for FedEx? Uh, no, but that's where mm. the reason why we ran our distribution center about it. across the street from the FedEx, FedEx facility. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Really, uh, Memphis has got uh, barbecue, FedEx, blues, and uh, a lot of dangerous neighborhoods. Yes. Also, some hustle and flow. <laughs> a lot. A lot of where are you going? Don't go that way. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. No, no. I mean, uh, North, North Memphis is, is really nice. Mm. But yeah. I saw in a in a uh, survey of NBA players, Memphis mm-hmm. was lower than Portland on places to go <laughs> to, to go on road trips, uh, which honestly surprised me. <laughs> right? It surprised me. 
uh, because most people do not enjoy coming here because they, there's only one hotel no. that they all stay at, and there's really only like two or three restaurants that they get. But you know what? It does have a redeeming quality for the Nike guys and the Adidas guys because they go to the stores. Yeah, they get, get they get laced up when they come through here. Yeah, you get that in that uh, in and of itself. Well, you have Nike and Adidas mm-hmm. strip clubs. Yeah, and good food. It's a good food city. It's a good food city. They really only go to like three restaurants though. Well. It's got but those three, three restaurants good, are really, really good. Really, really yeah. good food at El Gaucho, which is usually where they end El up. El Gaucho and Nostrano are the two go-tos. Yeah, and boom, you can yeah. keep you can keep an NBA player happy for a couple hours. Steak and pasta, and yeah. Steak, pasta, strip clubs. There you go. I mean, yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. I mean, really, it's if you really think about it in that term, it's really it's only missing like a really good sushi bar away from being Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and sunshine. I mean. During the NBA season, listen, man, those guys they they hide from the sun. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, like they, they, during the day, they're they, they see they're napping or practicing. It's, so it is a perfect NBA city. It's not bad. Blazer, the Blazers should be better in that regard. Ooh, tool truck guy is in at five zero three two five zero ten eighty. Says Memphis also has Graceline, the the house that Elvis lived in, Maybe. and the toilet that he died on. Is that where he died? Oh yeah, he died on the crapper. I know. Oh, no, I knew he died on the crapper. I, I thought he was at like, Graceland. I, I thought he was out on the road or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not. Even, mm-hmm. I'm not anti Elvis, but I'm also not like huge Elvis. Did you see the the, the flick? Uh, you mean Elvis? Yeah. No, I no? didn't. Okay. I'm not. I didn't. Oh, that was. What? I didn't think. I didn't. That did nothing for. We me. didn't get to talk yesterday. Uh, I watched the greatest beer run ever. Oh, okay. No not, spoiler words. No, not what you think it's going to be. Okay. But good. Not what I think is going to... It is not a happy-go-lucky, like, aw, shucks story. Wasn't, it, you know? wasn't anticipating that. They do make it seem like it is. Yes. If you watch just a short portion mm-hmm. of the trailer, it's got, like, upbeat music. It makes it seem like it's really funny. I was... But as the when you watch the long trailer, you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This is a serious movie. It is very deep and... Cool. Uh, it is very true. Okay. Wait. It's very true? Yes. Okay. I... It will... When you find out what happens in that movie, the processes that, that take place, okay. and where he was and what happens, yeah. it will blow your mind. Mm. Okay. But thoroughly enjoyed it. Very fun. All right. We will. Uh, so we all of a sudden have a ton that we need to get to Yays. on today's show. Um, our worst day on the web is a little deja vu <laughs> all over again. Very familiar. Um, a former Oregon duck has stepped in it again. <laughs> Did the exact same thing uh, again. <laughs> About what, fifteen years apart? Almost, almost to the day. O- almost to the day. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna. This one, I don't think he's gonna be getting that. Uh, the that those carries at the end of the year, though. No, I have a feeling this may be the the end of the road. You might be carrying um, something. We will be going uh, to the worst day on the web, though. To Legarrette Blunt, uh, he's back. And he's back in the news, folks. That coming up at 1.30. Kevin Pelton will join us at 1 o'clock. Where we got to start this bad boy is uh, one defense made the plays. The other defense got their backs broken due to the plays they didn't make. Danny and Dusty on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, Monday Night Football, going to have to take a back seat uh, really quick because uh, owner and CEO of the Portland Thorns and Timbers, Merritt Paulson, has released a statement in the wake of a scathing uh, Yates report that was unveiled yesterday and kind of uh, hammering not just the uh, Portland Thorns, the culture involved in the front office and ownership of uh, the franchise, but also the failure of the NWSL as well. Um, So Merritt Paulson has released a statement, and uh, it goes as such. Yesterday's Yates report, Unveiling the darkest day I've experienced, uh, and I know the same is true for everyone else who loves our team and our league. I would imagine that this was even harder and darker for those whose stories were shared publicly. We have promised the NWSL uh, that we will not do media or make any public statements related to the investigation until the joint NWSL-NWSLPA investigation is released in November, which is tremendously difficult. I cannot apologize enough for our role in the gross systemic failure to protect players' safety and the missteps we made in 2015. I'm truly sorry. Uh, Given the Thorns are about to start the NWSL playoffs, I've told the NWSL that I will be removing myself effective today from all Thorns-related decision-making until the joint investigation, which we are fully cooperating with, is released. Gavin Wilkinson, Mike Golub will do the same. All Thorns-related decisions at this time will be made and handled by Heather Davis, our general counsel. I very much appreciate your patience and believe it's critical that the process play out with the joint investigation. I love the Portland Thorns and women's soccer, and I'm taking the steps with those interests in mind. Um, Boy, there's a a ton there. Namely, he's stepping away from the Thorns in all Thorns-related decisions, as is Gavin Wilkinson and Mike Golub, who were all three of those men, by the way, Uh, listed in the report for failing uh, the players, the organization, and the league. Uh, As part of the, just like a Cliff Notes version of what went down. So in the Yates report, Merritt Paulson did know about the abusive abusive behavior from, you know, Paul Riley, the former manager of the Portland Thorns, that, you know, there's a huge article last summer. um, It was last summer, right? About... uh, the inappropriate behavior and relationships that he was having and trying to have with several uh, players on the team. Um, Gavin Wilkinson, um, he blamed the front office member for the uh, Thorns and Timbers, blamed Monashim for putting Paul Riley uh, 
in what he called a bad decision or a bad position. Uh, let's see here. Um, you had Merritt Paulson as part of this investigation. And, and part of his statement today says they are cooperating fully. The Yates report indicated that was not the case. Actually, it was very far from the case in that the Thorns did um, interfere with the investigation and getting all of the facts out there and getting all the facts straight. And it was not just Paul Riley that was making inappropriate comments um, to to players and uh, women within the organization. In fact, Gavin Wilkinson and um, Mike Golub also uh, were made remarks towards women that were inappropriate um, throughout the course of, of this time. And again, uh, the, the report says that Merritt Paulson, the front office ownership, they knew um, about what was going on. I'll tell you what I, what I see when I read that statement. Far before, I should say far before, uh, they led on with the initial invest, uh, re- remarks that they made and when it all came out last summer. Yes, and when, when I read this statement, I read, uh, he'll be gone. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to see how this thing, yeah. how any of them any kind of move forward with, yeah. with, with any kind of standing with the Portland Thorns. The interesting part of all of this, though, is that you know, in the statement, he just says he's stepping away from any Thorns-related decisions, keeping it completely separate from the Timbers, which I, I think when this all came out, it was kind of a like a to not the hardcore fans uh, of the Timbers and Thorns, but to the casual spectators, knowing that basically the same front offices ran both organizations as, as one, and they were so hands-on with it. Um, we knew that Merritt Paulson was the owner, but I have a hard time finding any of the three to, to stay Fit in with the duty. thorns, thorns especially, but what does this mean for the timbers moving forward? And, and honestly, if you want to draw a parallel, you can point to Robert Sarver's ownership of both the Suns and the Mercury. Mm. Realistically, yeah. divesting yourself entirely from the interests. Yeah. Um, it's gross. There's, there's really no other way around this. Uh, systemic abuse up and down uh, the timbers slash thorns ownership group. Uh, did everything they could to kind of bury it. And with this all coming to light, I, I don't see a world where he, not only could he stay in power, should he? I, 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 don't, I don't think you're fit for ownership at that point in time. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't, I don't understand. This is not even the NBA, NFL, you know, where there's some bad dudes that have been protected um, in, in ownership positions. Because the ownership isn't just is not willing to of other teams willing to ouster somebody. Well, you're talking about the MLS and the NWSL, and you're talking about two of the most passionate fan bases in both of those leagues. Yes, in the Portland Timbers supporters and the Portland Thorns supporters, and the Riveters in the Army, they are they have massive influence over this franchise, and if they want them out you're going to see fan power will have a massive impact in, in all of this. I don't know what the other side of the story is going to be um, because, you know, in the statement that Paul Merritt Paulson just released today, it does sound as if like they're, they're going to try to, to share quote. I'm using the very loose air quotes yes. here, share their side of, of what happened and what's fact and fiction from the report. I, I don't think I find can. it very hard to believe at this point. Um, especially with what things that were uncovered, like 
you know, after Paul Riley was was hired elsewhere, and we we knew that Merritt Paulson knew yeah. and of what was going on, and then he's sending like a congratulatory message to the the team that hired uh, Paul Riley, and is like, "Congratulations, you got a good one." Yeah. I have your whatever it is. I'm perpetuating a cycle of of abuse. yeah. He said, "I, I think I have a, 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 a I have a ton of affection for him." I think is what the exact term mm-hmm. was that that Merritt Paulson used when Paul Riley was hired to another team. It's like. That's probably an indictment. That's not going to be. That's not going to go over well with your with your supporters, with your fan base. And uh, look, uh, this may be that that beginning of the end of the Paulson reign for the uh, Timbers and Thorns. And that's what, again, not to compare it apples to apples with with Sarver, but it's the same kind of situation where you're perpetuating a cycle of abuse. And right now we're getting the now if we could only, you know, uh, we're going to share this. We're going to cooperate here. It's like no, you you already didn't do that. You were already inflammatory. You were already pushed back against it. You already tried to derail things. You already tried to sabotage. And now you're at a point of, well, you know, again, pointing to the Phoenix Suns situation with Sarver, where they're like, but over the last couple of years, we've done so much for, for equal opportunity, employment, and d- building a diverse culture. It's like, Doug, you had 10 years of documented abuses. Yeah. And now with the, the Timbers and Thorns, this goes back to what, 2015? 2014. 2014. So you have almost the same timeline, eight years of perpetuating a cycle of abuse. Yep. You got to go. Yep. I'm like, I'm not, I've reached the point of like, well, maybe like they've earned good. No, I've reached the point of like, when you are fostering a culture like this within a community, this is going to sound so stupid. But after watching Welcome to Wrexham, I have moved so far into the community slant of like, <laughs> right. of like no, get the F out. Yeah. Get out. If this is who you were going to be, if this is what you were going to put your players, your fans, your consumers, your community through, get the hell out. I'm I done with you. This is where in kind of one of those things that how does it get to this point and how is it allowed to go this long is the team has both of the teams have been wildly successful. You know, the Thorns have what won two championships. The Timbers have won a championship yeah. all within this time frame that we're talking Wildly about. Wildly successful during this. And that is something that you sit there and the people will turn a blind eye mm-hmm. to success. Well, you're not, we're not doing that anymore. The game has changed and it has, it has changed significantly. And this is going to be, this is going to be a really interesting time here um, in, in Portland where, <laughs> think of this, like we could see in the next, what, year. All three of our professional sports franchises in Portland <laughs> sold <laughs> the Blazers, the Timbers, and the Thorns, and one of one of them could be the unraveling of Paul Allen's estate. And if that finally moves forward, the other two could be forced by by the fans, by the league that that operate them. That is kind of insane to think about when you think about what the community standards have kind of been, or what they thought were originally under Merritt Paulson, and then what they Eesh. were for for Paul Allen. All right, uh, that's the latest on Thorns. Merritt Paulson is only stepping away from the Thorns, which I find is a very interesting one there. How long is it going to be till uh, the fan base uh, raises enough hell to where he's being forced to step away from Timber's decisions as well? Uh, is something that we'll be tracking and we'll keep you up to date on uh, as any developments kind of unfurl. All right, um, we will have Monday Night Football talk. We're going to get to that, but... Um, Coming up next, let's get down to it. You were at the crack house last night. Blazers opened up 2022. Uh, get your initial thoughts as uh, they fall 
102.97 of the Clippers. All right, we'll have Kevin Pelton on top of the hour and talk uh, NBA. As preseason is underway, the Suns are losing to Australian teams. That was discussed a few times at Seattle yesterday. You've got the Blazers underway as well, and Pelton was in the house. So were you, the crack house. I was. I was in the crack house, man. And it. Uh, I have not been in formerly Key Arena slash crack house slash Climate Pledge Arena mm. since I, th- I started going through in my head. I, like, I thought it was 95, but I think it was 90. I was in high school, so it was 98 or 99. Right. And uh, that place was a dump. It was a S show back then. It was I bad. think I went in there... Early 2000s, it was not at a Sonics game. I never, I never went to a Sonics game there. Oh, really? It was early 2000s, and I, I, I want to say, I want to say it was like a, it was a, either UW game. I think it was a UW mm. game. They, they played U, They had like a double header or something there. Okay. I think that's the only time I've been in there. We went up there for a, for a, for a early season Blazers Sonics it, game. It obviously it 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 resonated. Yeah, with it me really being there. really really hit home for you. Yeah. Um, but they have like I think the only thing that's left originally is the bones of the building and the roof. Okay. The sight lines are rad. Cool. Like you get the the open glass like Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. Like you get the like the outdoor light flooding in the area around it. For those that don't know where this is at, this is like a mm. block from the Space Needle. Yeah, and, I mean, you can see it. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, it's, it's right, right there. there. And, then, and so they've got like a, what used to be a road, and that's now Lenny Wilkins' way, it's shut off between Space Needle and um, Climate Pleasure Arena. Crack House. The Crack House. Uh, and in between that, they have what's called the Armory, and they have redone that entire area. And it's a, it is a food court the size of Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Cool. There's like 20 different food options. Oh, but and, they have no space for one in Portland. Yeah, it was like the that area, right? They have redone that whole area. And you understand why the Blazers are like, we need to make this place like a better game day experience outside of just the product on the floor. Man. Because it was from the time that I, I, got, I got to Seattle uh, about 4 o'clock. Yeah. And uh, my, my buddy and I, we went and grabbed some food, walked around, like just got a feel for it. Cool thing was it was a seven thirty tip, so media availability wasn't until six. So I had some time to kind of walk around a little bit, get a feel yeah. for like the area and it. The vibes, man, immaculate. Cool. Se- Seattle was jacked. They were ready for a team. All right. Well, what happened to actual basketball? Uh, because nobody really here saw it, unless you have NBA League Pass. It was on League Pass, and it was not blocked on the market. But the NBA did a very terrible job of of expressing that and letting people know that that, that that's how they could watch the game. Uh, Josh Hart got the start. Uh, at small forward, that was the only real "quote unquote" surprise. All right. Uh, Wait, that's not a surprise. Uh, Chauncey's going to go through. And he's he likes give, him. Well, yeah, he he does like Hart. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And if I had, if I was a betting man, I would probably lean towards Chauncey wanting Hart over everybody else at this point. Yeah. Um, but the the game itself, I don't care about box scores in the preseason. I care about uh, the spots you get to, how you get there, uh, the communication, the uh, when you do have something break down, how do you react? What do you do? Like that, that kind of stuff. Um, number one, Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has the burst back. He uh, caught a pass out on the wing, attacked the slot. Uh, Batum and Kawhi Leonard. Hey, the, Kawhi Leonard is jacked. He's probably weighs 245, 250 right now. He's a middle linebacker. He'll lose. I was talking to a couple of the Clippers guys. They're like, yeah, no, he'll lose about 15 pounds during the season, but he's the biggest he's ever been. 
he's a monster right now physically. It's hmm. just he, he he looks like he's playing you know, run coverage. You know, as as it pertains to Dame, though, I, I want to see because we saw that he even said it right. His ab when he had his ab injury, he could go if he got enough rest, he could go for a few days or a game, mm-hmm. and he'd be okay. Um, the extended run on it is going to be the interesting uh, part in all this. But man, when you say the burst is back, that's exciting because there was a, a fall off over the last year, year and a half of his explosiveness. Yes. And if that's back in any way, shape or form, if that is sustainable, that's awesome. It, yeah, no, it was, it was great. That was the the number one thing that I came in this game wanting to see. Like I talked to everybody around him. I talked to Dan a little bit and, it was evident. All right. he, he caught the ball, exploded past Batum and Leonard, finished with the and one. You're like, that, there it is. Who is the backup big? As it's, well, Trenton didn't play last night because he's got a hip flexor issue. Yeah. So there was – Eubanks got a ton of minutes, and he was, he was fine. Like, again, uh, Zubach is probably a little bit too much for him as far as, like, size. Like, Zoo's <laughs> – You think? Zoo's, like, 7'1", 260. Like, he's a big dude. Uh, and Drew's, Drew's 6'9". Like Drew's, but here's the thing: Drew does punch above his weight class, and he is yep. strong as hell. Like that's there's no doubt about that. He is from Troutdale, of course he is. You know, shout out to Mike Richmond. What is he called? The Shack of Troutdale. Um, <laughs> the but, Shack of Troutdale. Yeah, no, listen, man, and I, I love Drew. Uh, uh, cool side note: locker room access is back pregame. Oh, nice! So we were able to get in there. I was able to talk to the guys a little bit. It was kind of funny because uh, I walked in, I talked to Ant a little bit, and he was like, "You haven't been in here since my rookie year." I was like, no, I have not. The other younger guys, they've never had media in the locker room. Well, that's so they, weird. So they were, yeah, they thought it was weird as hell. Dame was kind of like, it's weird having you guys back in here. So it's a, a weird kind of feeling just in general. Uh, but basketball-wise, the star of the night, Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant was incredible. Uh, he's What's really funny is, is he had a couple miscues, missteps, like making some reads or a, a step late or a step early on a pass. But he had uh, Norm Powell attacked off the wing. Jeremy came out of nowhere and pinned Norm's shot to the glass, pulls it down, throws a 60-foot bounce pass in the Sear Little for a breakout dunk. Hmm. It was like, okay, uh, we haven't had this here in a long time. We started talking on press row. This is by far the most athletic team the Trailblazers have had since 1996. Wow. Easily. You start going down the list of athletes on this roster, Jeremy Grant's the most athletic forward they have had since Nick Batum, without any question, uh, you can throw Gerald Wallace in there. Uh, his ability to cover the floor defensively, both in the passing as a, in the passing lanes, uh, straight up on guys, and uh, his ability to come out of weak side, block shots, and, and finish on the other side, just unmatched. Um, but Shaden Sharp, uh, so Sharp, Greg Brown, Anthony Simons, Damian Lillard, all had a pregame uh, dunk uh, contest That's in the deep. layup line. Uh, Shaden Sharp and Greg Brown were East Bay funking with ease. And you're like, oh. Speaking of uh, blocks, you mentioned Jeremy Grant pinning it off the backboard. Shaden Sharp, we had a viral moment from a preseason basketball game, which is weird. He he came out of nowhere, flat-footed, off to, and blocked a shot at 12 feet in the air like it was nothing. So you start seeing like... Is the game going to be a minute before it catches up to him? Yes. Is the athleticism the top 1% of the 1%? Absolutely. That's what I'm kind of getting to. Like, you take a look at this team, Nasir, Shaden, Anthony, Greg, Jeremy. You start going down the list. This is the most athletic team they have had in two decades. Wow. Well, that's but, great. To, that is fantastic to hear. At bare minimum, even if this isn't, even if this is a play-in team, 
you will have more fun watching this team on a nightly basis than you have in years. Uh, I will say, we'll go back. I have the 96 team pulled up. That would be the Kenny Anderson, Cliff Robinson, J.R. Ryder, Arvita Sabonis, the 32-year-old mm-hmm. Arvita Sabonis, Rashid Wallace at 22 years old, uh-huh. Gary Trent at 22 years old. Uh, I'm not even going to mention Chris Dudley uh, <laughs> when talking athleticism. But they had Aaron McKee, uh, the rubber band man, Stacey Ogman. You had uh, Ramil Robinson, Jermaine O'Neal on that team as well. You had dudes on that team. Uh, yeah, and Jermaine O'Neal was 18 years old when you talk about his athleticism. I feel like I, it necessary to mention their ages when talking yes. about their athleticism there because... 22-year-old Rasheed Wallace was a freak. Yeah, so was Gary Trent at 22 oh, before he, he started looking like a ninja turtle Shaq of the there. Mac? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's great to hear. Those are all good things. Yeah, no, listen. What was the bad thing? Now, now this is what I want because we, the, the overhype is going to be one thing. What was the bad thing? What, 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 is, the, what is the thing that you went, uh-oh? Uh, their lack of size. That's, that's going to yeah. be something. like The Clippers present unique problems. Like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, that's hell. But the counter to this is Kawhi Leonard posted up Anthony Simons two different times and tried to beat him up on the block. Ant didn't move an inch. And it, well, was one, it was one of the things that up and down throughout the media row, we all kind of looked at each other like, did that really just happen? So there's, there's, there's some interesting wrinkles and stuff. Ooh, but, can, I start the, can I start the ridiculous narrative now? Which one? Ant got too strong and he can't shoot anymore because he got too strong. Uh, he got, his arm he got, got too, too tight. Strong. Yeah, he got too yes. strong. He's just he's he's shooting the ball too hard now. He yes. just got too strong. He's I like just, it. Well, he needs to go back and lose more weight. Um, the other one is because uh, <laughs> he was what two of twelve. Yeah, yeah. He he got to his spots. He just rims some stuff out. But I will I will say this. I I can't wait until somebody actually says that truthfully give on it, social media. Give it time because that that is not a take that should be real no. in any way, shape, or form. Somebody will do it. Somebody though. will go down there. Somebody said last year that they could fix Damian Lillard's shot because he was struggling. Uh, and, he, and he knew how to fix it. So perfect. Um, but their lack of size is going to be a problem. Uh, it's still a little, I think a little too early to kind of have an idea of the the defense. But uh, there's some communication stuff. Like if we're a month into the season, the communication stuff that popped up last night is still there. Then I'll be worried. I don't think there's for me because the expectations aren't like through the roof. I'm yeah. not worried about a ton. Hey, you know what I'm worried about after preseason game number one? Hmm, what? Nothing. Attaboy. Nothing. I am worried about nothing. You know what I'm uh, overly excited about? What? Nothing. Wow. Because I didn't see any of it. Rude. So I'm just taking your word for it, and I'm going to run with your word, Danny Marine. Once I see them, hey. and they play tonight. Tonight. Do we get to see that game? Tonight is on TV. It's on the old root sports. They take on the Utah Jays. Here's a promise. Hmm. I'll watch 10 minutes at least. Go. What? The first 10 minutes, yes. and then after that, I'm not making any promises, but if I watch more, we'll talk about it. We should know here relatively soon whether it's going to be uh, Nasir Justice starting right. because Chauncey did say he was going to rotate through those guys. All right. Uh, awesome. That's great to hear, though, that the crack house is cool, that this lineup is more athletic and will just be as exciting as we kind of hoped it would be because when you add these new pieces, there's that hope, right? You get Shaden Sharp and you're like 19-year-old with some pop. Yes, like that. Jeremy Grant, very first day, kind of making that impression of, all right, this is what we're going to get out of him. How many guys has Portland brought in where you're sitting there and you're like, hey, no, it's coming. He's just got to get more comfortable, right? Old Mario Azonia. You're getting Robert Covington. It's like, it's going to take some time. Well, okay. Jeremy hit the ground running. 
right. Sure. You're getting what you want out of, I mean, how many 3 and D guys were brought in here, and you're like, I don't see either of those things happening. <laughs> Way too many. I don't see 3 or D. And they're just like, hey, just wait, just wait. Wrong. Wrong. Um, at least the athleticism that we were promised is showing in, in game number one. All right, um, 503-250-1080. Jerry Jones did his weekly interview, and uh, he gave away more intel that he didn't need to. Next on The Fan. All right, Jerry Jones went on his radio show down in Dallas, and if you are the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, you just got to just throw your hands and be like, are we serious right now? I told you. Sell, 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 baby. He does not. It's less about the product and more on the field and more about the product literally anywhere else because Jerry Jones, he goes on one Oh five, three, the fan in Dallas every week. And he just starts, he just starts going and he doesn't shut up. And he was asked about his quarterback, Dak Prescott. Um, and Dak Prescott said he wanted to play this past week. Right. Um, which, uh, remember again, can he hold on to a football? Uh, no. Oh, okay. And he wants to play this next week as well against the Rams and Jera. Um, acknowledged on his radio show, which is not something you want your owner to do. Um, because I think it, it largely a, a lot of injury hiding and stuff like that, It's it really doesn't make much sense. When it's your quarterback, the guy who touches the ball literally every play of the game. Maybe don't bring up the fact that he can't hold the ball. When your team has a ball. Uh, he said he cannot grip a football well enough uh, to play at the moment. But he's not going to rule him out against the Rams, which is taking away... Any sort of, like, and, and this is the thing. If you can have a team waste time on anything over the course of a week, it's kind of worth it. You see a lot of stuff that's just, hey, we're going to put it on tape. It's put it on tape stuff, right? We're going to get it out there because it's going to wait. If we have enough stuff that we put on tape, they're going to waste enough time on it. Now, Jerry Jones is basically telling the Rams, yeah, <laughs> you guys don't need to worry anything about Dak. <laughs> Just scoop a rush time, and that's all you're going to have to worry about in this. Mike McCarthy's just like, awesome. Thanks, man. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for making my uh, game planning just so much easier and making my media experience well, uh, on a Monday that much better. And look, if you are the Dallas Cowboys, and just knowing this right now, like the way Cooper Rush has played, you've got to at least feel good. You don't have a co- quarterback controversy by any stretch of the imagination, you do not have a controversy. But you are feeling confident enough that you have a competent person behind center that can get you through this storm. If it's going to take one more week, you don't have to rush Dak Prescott back because one thing that we know, he has an injury history, man. And it's several different parts of his body, whether it's his ankle and the quote bad ankle sprain that he had on Uh TV, which still cracks me up. Looks like a bad ankle sprain. Oh, you mean his foot facing in the wrong direction? Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely a sprain. Collinsworth that said that? Yeah. (laughs) My God. It's like, no, that foot's in the wrong direction right now. Or he's uh, Troy Troy Aikman. Um, But you don't want to rush anything back because Cooper Rush, man, he's playing really well for them. And granted, they've played the Washington Commanders, which... I don't know if you've seen them with your own two eyes. I try not to. That's one of the worst football teams in the NFL. It, I, I, when we started the season, we had the uh, Bears, Seahawks, Texans as the bottom three. Yeah. I think the Seahawks are firmly out of that cesspool. Mm. The Bears are firmly in it. The Texans, okay, but the Commanders are in the cesspool. I, uh, 
They're bad. They're very bad, and they, they they lack confidence. You have Carson Wentz, who isn't even throwing the ball to Terry McLaren anymore. By the way, I'd do that. If, I, if I'm if i Ron Rivera, Yeah, I'm just walking in. My two cents here, why don't we get the ball to the receiver that we just paid who's explosive and get the ball in his hands I, and do cool S. I don't think there's a redemptive quality about the commanders right now. Do you? Like, they're redemptive players, certainly. Yeah, but they've like, got a couple of guys that I would want on my team. Certainly, but like players, but like a quality that... Uh, I like that Ron is, Rivera. That is shown out. Ron Rivera's not really doing a great job, but I like Ron Rivera a lot. He seems like a good dude. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, great dude, right? I mean, everything he's kind of yeah. embodied and fought for and everything, yeah. sure. But there's nothing redemptive on the field. There's nothing like, oh, if he squints, you can like... Mm. No, it's been bad yeah. everywhere. Their line's really bad. The quarterback play's not good. Is Chase Young even back on the field yet? Uh, this is going to be an issue that you run into all the time with the Washington Commanders football team, especially when they are wearing disgusting-looking uniforms. No, he's not. Um, it, they wear. They will try to distract you from anything except for what is actually happening on on the field. I like Jonathan Allen. Um, Again, redemptive players. Like I like Chase Young. I like Jonathan Allen. I like Terry McLaurin. There's plenty of guys that I like, but for whatever reason, like you can ball it up and throw it on the throw it at the wall however you want. But it's it's paper, man. It's not sticking to the wall. Yeah, they're not good at football. No, which is important when you're playing football. Turns out, yep. Um, but back to Dallas in the Cowboys. They've beaten three teams with Cooper Rush, right? They're all very bad teams. Uh, the the Bengals were still figuring something out, but they're going to be. That's going to be. Everybody's going to look back and be like. Oh, that's a really good win. People are going to convince themselves that somehow the Cowboys are really good in December because they have a Beat win the Bengals, week yeah. two against the Bengals. When the where, Bengals are thirteen and four, you're going, oh, that's, how, a, that's a good win for the for the old uh, yeah old Cowboys. But I want to just plant this seed in everybody's brain right now for when that happens and people try to talk us through it. It was not a good win. No, because the Bengals were figuring their they were figuring themselves out. Yes. Joe Burrow hadn't played a preseason game and he was behind a brand new offensive line joe burrow already looks like a different quarterback than he did two weeks ago the Bengals were the undeclared freshmen of the nfl they're figuring themselves out but they've played the giants and the commanders and we'll talk about this coming up in the next hour with monday night football the the cowboys have the rams this week okay roll cooper rush out there and then you know what you can do next week you can bring Dak back against the Philadelphia Eagles if you think you need him that badly, right? Don't rush him back mm. if you absolutely have to. You are playing, then you have a divisional game, even though it is on the road and you have to go to Philly. Hell, you may want to throw Cooper Rush in that game too. You might want to just toss him because you know, that defense has been really good. And have Dak go out and play against the Lions. That's a good listen. If you're bringing a guy back, bring a guy back against a defense that doesn't stop anybody. You not sit not there, the maybe one of the best may, defenses. Maybe you have league. Cooper Rush take that L right yeah. on the chin in Philly, and then you have Dak back for the Lions and the Bears. Yeah, just be like, see how good he is. He's awesome. Listen, if you if you want to get the confidence up and, and sell a little something, yeah. that's what I would do. And because, that's again, yeah. this is the way Jerry Jones always be selling. This is what they'll do. Mm-hmm. They'll say, look. Because they can play with Cooper Rush, you can play Philly tight. 
You sure. could you could go to Philly and play them. You could play them tight, not win the game, but play them tight. And you but you know it. what you do? Then you bring him. You bring Dak back against Detroit and Chicago. Throws they're like four hundred yards a game. They'll just steamroll them, yeah. and it'll be like, see, this is a Super Bowl team with Dak. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to be. I still don't believe they are a Super Bowl team. Jersey they are three and one. Everything they absolutely will. They are a good, not great team. They're How do not, they keep getting away with this? They're not a doormat. But they are good, and we will be sold Super Bowl oh, champions. God dang it. It's going to happen. All right, we'll get to Monday Night Football next hour. Where we got to start it is with Kevin Pelton. He's NBA writer for ESPN and the host of the uh, fabulous Pelton cast as well. He's a podcaster, too. He joins us. He was up in Seattle uh, with Danny at the crack house. This is Danny Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.